We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Tanea Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, and we are super excited to be back. Andrew, what's going on? Yeah, it's great to be back. As always, this week went really, really fast, at least to me. And I know last week we concentrated on being optimistic, and then lo and behold, look at the sky wasn't falling, Kyle. The Packers <laughs> did just fine, and now everybody's really optimistic. And I think we deserve some of the credit for that. I know last week I was not giving 100%. I listened back. I wasn't my usual energetic self. I was in the midst of moving. Plus, on top of that, I wasn't really feeling very good. So I take full responsibility if we did not bring the energy last week. But I am feeling a whole lot better, and I am ready to kick things off this week. 
Let's go. I'm excited. We're back for a show, and we are both feeling a little better than we were last week. I've got a two-month-old in the house now, and Andrew was tired from moving. I was tired from small children. So wow. <laughs> last last Thanks week was a good time. Up me there. I no no no. It's not it's not about that. Not not about that. But uh, it was a wild week. We added in the insult to injury with the loss last week. So we're all feeling much better about the win this week. And we're here to talk some football. So I think we we, we got some newsworthy things that we're going to save for the end of the show, Andrew. But I think we want to get right into our key matchups and X-Factor, just don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And before we do that, I don't usually give people shout-outs on this show, right? You know me. Pretty straight to the content. But I did want to say something. Like, I know there's a ton of great listeners out there. There's a lot of people that interact with us. Um, but a special shout-out to Jake Engel, who's at JakeEngel1265 on Twitter, uh, who always listens and interacts with a ton of our stuff. And so a huge shout-out to Jake and, and then everybody else that tunes in. Uh, good dude, always very interactive with us. By the way, Kyle, do you know why it's 1265 after his name? That is the address of Lambeau Field. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Not yeah. too bad for an out of state. Twelve sixty-five Lombardi. I yeah, that's good. That's really good. I'm super impressed that you <laughs> Thanks, did that. Man. Um, sure. So one thing you'll notice the the new layout of my my place. I have the TV on behind me, and currently we have the Panthers Falcons game going on. And I was watching that as we were getting prepared to record, and something struck me. Right, so the Carolina Panthers. Here's this team that's that spent more money than anybody has ever spent on a running back with Christian. Oh my gosh! And he's hurt now, and suddenly they have this guy Mike Davis who comes out of absolutely nowhere, picked him up. They said, "Hey, the Bears don't want you. Come, come to our team. We'll pay you pennies." Pennies on the dollar compared to McCaffrey, and he is making the Panthers feel like they don't even need Christian McCaffrey on their team. So I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes it works out when you don't pay a running back. <laughs> we talked before the show. I said, Andrew, just do your best to stick to the outline, okay? <laughs> We're like two minutes in, and here we are talking about Mike Davis and the Carolina Panthers and overpaying running backs again. But, I mean, makes a point. Listen, I've got Mike Davis rocking on some fantasy teams right now. I'm milking him for all he's worth until he goes back on the shelf, or maybe they'll keep using him. I don't know. But, I mean, you're right. I, this this is a testimony to teams can plug and play running backs probably easier than any other position on the field. Um, we talked about this at nauseum. You know, Aaron Jones is a special, special player. But, I mean, even GMs, they're not blind. They see stuff like this. And I don't know, like, if, if little things like this play into uh, those conversations of, like, what they see happening around the league. So it will be interesting to see. Do you have any other Anyways, thoughts on this? Just, <laughs> just wanted to barb you a little bit okay. uh, before we get kicked off on the content today. Uh, and we do, we're going to get started with key matchups, as we always do. And you are going to get us uh, started with, I believe, the offense. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into the offense here. We're we're here to get you ready for Vikings week. And um, the Packers play Minnesota in Lambeau this Sunday afternoon. We're going to talk about which matchups you should keep your eye on this one because it's a big game, um, as well as the fact that Andrew and I's X-Factor predictions in this game are going to be really important because we have some struggles with X-Factors. 
but we've been getting a little better. We, our running back predictions weren't terrible last week, so we're going to keep up with that. Um, but this Vikings team is so interesting because even as much as we like to make fun of the Minnesota franchises, Packer fans, I think most of us, we view this Vikings team as a dangerous one entering this season. Uh, it's week eight now. We're almost halfway through this NFL season, and the Vikings have one win, just one. And they are winless at home. They are decimated by injuries and have some other glaring holes in this roster, be it because of those injuries themselves or poor roster construction, um, those kinds of things. All that said, this is a really, really talented football team. Lots of talent in different places on this team, and Andrew and I are not looking past this game because the Vikings are a division rival, and we know division games always tend to be closer than we may expect. But secondly, because anytime you have the chance to beat the Vikings twice in one season, it's a moment that you should relish. So we're excited uh, to focus on this game, give you guys a little bit of insight on what to pay attention to in this game. But, Andrew, I'm going to kick it back to you um, as we get into the offense here. So this is hilarious because I told you I was really amped up at the beginning of this show, and then I totally forgot, even though we've already done this, what, seven times this season, <laughs> I forgot what order we go in. So <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's the outline, Andrew. Stick to yeah, the outline. Well, you know, it's there, but it's all right. who can who can follow such things right, when, right. when you're talking Packer football? But, yeah, I will get us started off. And the thing that I addressed um, is actually going to be the Packers' offense front four. So there are four Vikings players with better than average run defending grades according to Pro Football Focus. Pay attention to this list, Kyle. Cornerback okay. rookie Jeff Gladney. No surprise there. That was okay. one of the strengths of his game coming in as draft prospect. Linebacker Todd Davis, who only has 28 snaps total against the run, so take that one with a great insult. Safety Harrison Smith and safety Anthony Harris. That is, let's say, not ideal. Is there anything in, in common with those four <laughs> players, right? You take Todd Davis out of the equation. Three guys in your secondary are the only ones with above average grades against the run. Yeah, that's going to reduce problems. The only defensive lineman on the team who would even be considered average, according to PFF, is Shamar Stefan. So, this defense is bad, and the worst part of it is the defensive line, which is shocking given Mike Zimmer's history in the Minnesota Vikings' uh, recent pass. The Packers' offensive line should grind this team down and absolutely dominate the time of possession just like they did in Week 1. So, in the passing game, communication is going to be key. The Vikings are always going to line up in that double A-gap pressure in obvious passing situations, and the key is identifying who is coming. Aaron Rodgers' hard count is is certainly a great weapon to get the defenders to show what their first step direction is going to be. But this is also where Corey Lindsley becomes so valuable, making sure everyone knows where their assignments are pre-snap and then making any last-minute adjustments needed. And clearly communicating all those things is going to be important because I think if there's one area that could potentially change the game in a very negative way is if the Packers misidentify rushers and Aaron Rodgers loses yards on on a third down, gets sacked and fumbles, forced into a poor throw early because he's got pressure in his face. And I think that's really the only way that this Vikings defense is going to stop the Packers. And, And those are the kind of plays that can flip a game where even when you're talking about a pretty significant talent gap, that can actually lose you a game that you should on paper 
really dominate. Yeah, when you started by saying the Vikings had four better-than-average run defenders, I did expect you to list a couple, maybe at least one, defensive lineman. It's a... It's a plus when the players in your secondary can help in the run game, but you probably don't want them to be your best players against the run. This is certainly going to be a boost for the Packers' running game and could be a good day for the offensive line overall, as you said. Um, I just want you to know that I was committed today to not talking about the Packers' wide receivers. I came into this show with that expectation. I know. You applaud me. But you made me do this, Andrew. I have to talk about them now because you didn't. Uh, the fans deserve to know just how bad the Vikings' corners are. And since you didn't talk about this matchup, I have to. Um, you forced my hand. I just want you to know that. But let me paint a picture for us of this Vikings' cornerback room, okay? Close your eyes. Close. Unless, unless you're driving, if you're listening to this, don't do that. Um, but close your eyes and imagine a position coach. The Vikings cornerback coach, he's standing at the front of the room, he's lecturing, passionately teaching the finer points of the position, but as the camera pans to the rest of the room, you realize that the room is empty. There's nobody in there, or at least that's the reoccurring nightmare that Mike Zimmer keeps having this week, and it ends with Devontae Adams counting touchdowns on his fingers, Okay. Um, that is the scenario that we are working with here. Uh, but seriously, this is the situation. The Vikings are down. Cameron Dantzler, who was placed on the injury COVID list. Holton Hill has not practiced this week with a foot injury. Mike Hughes has not practiced with a neck injury. Chris Boyd was limited on Wednesday with a back and hamstring problem. I think they're hoping that they get him to this game, uh, but still not in full health. Uh, so the remaining good news is they do have Jeff Gladney, who apparently is good at tackling people. Um, he's played the majority of the defensive snaps, and both uh, Coach Zimmer and Coach LaFleur have talked about how he has improved since the matchup. So that's been good for the Vikings. But that said, his coverage grade, according to Pro Football Focus, is one of the worst in the league. So you have to think he's going to see a lot of Devontae Adams on Sunday. But then past rookie Gladney, the Vikings just have Harrison Hand, Chris Jones, and Mark Fields who have played a collective 43 snaps on the 2020 season. Mark Fields was elevated from the practice squad, and Chris Jones was signed off of waivers from the Lions three days ago. So what I'm saying is that this is a group of corners that is really, really bad when they play, and we're not sure how many of them are going to be available. So it should be a great week for Devontae Adams. I know he's coming off a career day, but... Just an incredible opportunity again for Devontae Adams, but also for the rest of the Packers wide receivers group as they get into this game on Sunday. Yeah, so that is going to be a big, big problem area for a team uh, that is facing Devontae Adams, as well as a, a team that's pretty good at scheming the rest of the wide receivers open, even though they didn't part particularly do a great job um, of getting the other wide receivers the ball <laughs> last week. <laughs> But I'm confused, Kyle. Why are so you confused? I'm the cornerbacks coach, and then a camera is panning the room. I like, am I in a movie? Is this point? Yeah, I, I don't Listen, understand your example. I, I was I was throwing as much unmerited shade on the Vikings in an analogy that did not make an entire amount of sense. 
However, I think I communicated effectively that there may not be anyone in that cornerback room right now. Well, thank you for that. I, I, I tried. I needed some clarification. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> on to the defense and hopefully less confusing analogies. Um, <laughs> so I am going to pick as my key matchup the Vikings wide receivers against the Packers cornerback. So I'm going to steal wide receivers before you get a chance to do so. And uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are the two highest-graded Vikings by a mile. And when Kirk Cousins has time to throw, the Vikings can really hurt teams through the air. So am I wrong for just assuming Jair Alexander is going to completely take Thielen out of the game? Yeah, probably. And I know some people think that Jair is going to be matched up against Justin Jefferson. I don't necessarily think that that's the way to go, but whatever. Whoever we expect Alexander to just completely take out of the game, those are unfair expectations. People shouldn't just be able to do that, right? Like, this is how we talk about Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. But Alexander has really been yes. that good so far. Yes. Maybe not Deion good, but, I mean, he has just absolutely blanked some really fantastic wide receivers. So, you know, whoever it, Jair isn't covering is going to be a tough matchup. I personally think that's going to be Justin Jefferson, and I absolutely loved him coming into the draft. I, I took a look back this week just because sometimes in in having all of these conversations with other people that study the draft closely, I forget what my own rankings were. And I had Justin Jefferson as the 11th overall player on my draft board, and so I was just totally in love with the guy, and he's looked really good so far. Um I did have some questions about how quickly he would adjust as a primarily slot guy at LSU, but he's shown he can play all over the place. And I think he's going to be a very difficult matchup for maybe Kevin King if he plays, or Josh Jackson, and if Shannon Sullivan gets matched up in the slot. So slowing down Thielen and Jefferson without having to commit a lot of other resources is going to allow the Packers to just focus in on Delvin Cook and that underneath stuff, maybe Irv Smith or whatever, um, which is going to be really important. So I don't expect them to necessarily contain both receivers. I think Jair can take away one of them if you want to go with that path. And then the other guy, you just have to slow down enough that he doesn't kill you. Yeah, yeah. And I, man... Hearing the coaches talk today uh, about Kevin King, it does sound, when you talk about and admit a setback, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of optimism that Kevin King is going to play on Sunday, which is not great. Love to see him out there. Um, So I think this game will tell us a lot about where Josh Jackson is, and that could be really exciting or that could be um, discouraging. You know, we'll see how it goes. Um, but you're right. You want to limit the damage on that side of the field and hope that Josh Jackson can hang with someone uh, like Justin Jefferson. Um, and it'll tell us a lot about where Josh Jackson's at. But uh, last year was really, really hard on um, – I was really hard on center Garrett Bradbury uh, for this Vikings team. And I think in a lot of ways he deserved it, right? I wasn't, I wasn't really blowing smoke. This is how he played last year. He wasn't very good. Uh, he's gotten better this year, but not by a lot. He's he's been much more much more effective as a run blocker, um, but he's still being tossed aside as a pass blocker. So I am here to talk about the matchup between Bradbury and Kenny Clark again. We talked about this last year for those two matchups. It was a big deal. Um, I think we're due for a really disruptive game from Kenny Clark, and the Vikings interior O-line is where dream come true for defensive linemen. I mentioned Bradbury's struggles in pass protection, but his sidekicks, the Vikings guards, 
have been really bad as well. Drew Samia has been out with a wrist injury for a couple weeks, but he's been bad when he's played. Dakota Dozier is playing the other guard spot, and he has Vikings fans wondering how bad the other options at guard must be on the depth chart because he's still starting. Uh, Dozier has played every Vikings offensive snap and ranks 69th out of 77 guards in the league, proof according to Pro Football Focus, and Drew Samia looks on track to play this weekend. As I said, he's back from that wrist injury, uh, but Vikings fans should not get too excited because Samia is literally the lowest-graded guard in the NFL, and Vikings tackles have been pretty solid this year. They're they're a good pair, uh, but this interior O-line is atrocious, so keep an eye on Kenny Clark. Uh, Kingsley Kiki is right there as well. He might find some success in the middle. And look for Mike Pettin to get Zadarius Smith playing plenty of snaps rushing against the interior of this offensive line because I think there's a lot of success that can be had there um, if they're able to create some chaos as they attack the offense here. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. It's it's just so interesting to see the failures of the Vikings to improve that offensive line and and how much that has actually attributed to the downfall of this team. Certainly mm-hmm. the defense is now the major concern. Right. But you know, last year most of their struggles were because of the offensive line. And you know, we we are fortunate to be able to have this show after the first round of the draft the last two years. And two years ago, I mean, I said my favorite pick of the first round was Garrett Bradbury to the Vikings. I thought this was such a home run pick. And there's just something missing. And we we knew he was lacking in functional strength coming into to the draft. But just how much that has been an issue for him has been eye-opening in my yeah. evaluation of prospects. And and I know that you know our friend Joe Marino from the Draft Network loved Drew Samia. He yeah. mentioned him multiple times, and Samia just hasn't developed at all the yeah. the way the way that you know somebody who I respect a heck of a lot in their evaluation of players would expect. So you know, is that a coaching issue? Is it just these you know two players are aren't doing the work necessary to get better? Or do they just not have the skills to hack it? It's it's really fascinating to me. Yeah, and, I mean, this is interesting. that We're talking about a, a Vikings team with a really bad record, and I don't think anybody expected that this team would be as bad as they have been as far as wins and losses goes. But you look at places like this on their roster – and no matter how good, say, like, I mean, Phelan and Justin Jefferson is having a great rookie season, it doesn't matter if there is chaos in the quarterback's face at all times. And Garrett Bradbury's better as a 
uh, run blocker. But, I mean, you're right. The functional strength has been a problem. Ezra Cleveland, they spent another high pick on another player. And fans on Twitter, if you follow any Vikings guys, uh, they're trying to figure out how do we get this player on the field because our tackles are playing well, but he's not really built to be a guard. So, like, they're trying to make all this work. They've invested the high picks, and it's just not working out. I saw someone tweet, you know, all the the picks that they've spent, and they've invested heavily, and they're not getting the production. The Packers have not had to invest nearly as heavily in their offensive line as the Vikings have, and obviously the Packers' offensive line is playing so, so much better. It's just a very interesting thing from a roster construction perspective that you think you know players coming out in the draft, and they don't always play the way that you think that they're going to, or they don't fit the role that you think that they're going to. So it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings can get this figured out, because, I mean, I think everybody has different views on Kirk Cousins, but in his defense, which I thought I would never say, I mean, he's playing behind an offensive line that is just incredibly hard to step up and play with any confidence right now because of how um, how beat up that, that line is with, with injury, but also with just how they're performing. But um, let's jump into some X factors here, Andrew. Um, we've got some this week. We, we kind of got off to, uh, to a better start last week with some of our predictions and how the game was going to go. Uh, so let's keep that streak alive. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You certainly did. The Jamal Williams pick ended up being an absolute out of the park home run. Yeah. I uh, don't know that you knew Aaron Jones wasn't going to be playing. <laughs> I know you didn't know Aaron Jones That's wasn't right. going to be playing. Uh, my AJ Dillon pick didn't look so great, and so I I'm, I'm going to take this a different way this week. I, I'm thinking, you know, if this continues throughout the season, I'm just going to start picking somebody I know isn't going to be active because I seem to be wrong each and every week. And and so I actually do think I have a player who can be a legitimate X Factor. But if I'm wrong and this player has a poor week, we're just going to start picking end-of-the-roster guys because clearly I'm jinxing what, whatever is going on. But I do think this is going to be a huge opportunity for Rashawn Gary. The Vikings offensive line is super rough, which we've been talking about, and Gary should see plenty of reps if he can overcome that ankle injury. And so that's the caveat here. He has to actually play. Um, I'd, I love that Gary seems to have a much better plan in his rushing attack, he knows when to bull rush. He knows when to use his crazy athleticism to run around the tackle. And unlike last year, and honestly, if you look back at his career at Michigan, he knows what to do when his initial push gets stymied. And so I'm just waiting for the breakout three-sack game that officially announces his arrival to the league as an up-and-coming pass rusher. And one thing that you said that actually just jogged my memory 
Zadarius may be doing a lot of interior rushing in this game, which gives Rashawn Gary even more opportunities. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. That's a good point. Um, yeah, you're talking about a breakout game for Rashawn Gary. We've been waiting for that. Um, I don't think it's wishful thinking. I think it's coming. Um, but, but it'd be a great time for it to happen this weekend. Um, I've got another breakout game for us here in my X Factor. I think this is our EQ game. All right. For all of us who've been hoping for the Equinemia St. Brown breakout, we've been a little disappointed in these first couple games. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I think we've seen the, this is, I know this is a sad thing for some people. I've kind of been over this for a while, but I think we've seen the end of the MBS experiment. Let me explain. I think the Packers came into 2020 knowing that Valdez Scantling had elite speed and that was his trait that made him very, very valuable. And that if they could unlock that and find some consistency with that, even if it just be, ended up being the only trait, he was a one-trick pony, it would be okay. Um, he would be very, very valuable in that role. But I think we've reached the end of that road. And Rodgers was very complimentary of MBS in the offseason, uh, but also said that finding consistency was going to be the big thing for MBS. And we are back to a place where you can kind of see Rodgers and the coaching staff wavering in their confidence in MBS, much like I think was apparent at the end of 2019. And so with the Vikings secondary, as poor as it is, as we laid out, I have to believe that with the safeties that the Vikings have, they'll do a better job of at least giving some help to these corners and maybe slowing Devontae a little bit better than the Texans did, which is a pretty low bar. Uh, But I think there's going to be some room uh, here for another Packers wide receiver to emerge. And obviously having Lazard back would be great. I don't think that they're going to roll him out right away. I don't think that they can do that. Um, But I think we'll see Equinemia St. Brown get heavily involved in this game. I think he gets five or six catches in this one. I think we'll see him top 75 yards. And I do think he gets a score in this football game. So I'm going to make him my X-Factor pick this week. This is the favorite segment of X Factor we've ever had in my book. <laughs> my is it, favorite. Is it because Equinemius St. Brown is my the guy? Most... Yeah. I'm so excited. Equinemius is 100% my brand. And so here, here's kind of the unfortunate thing that, that I've been pondering. You know, I was very critical of MVS early on, and you know how much I liked Equinemius. And I, you know, I think part of it had to be that I wanted to see St. Brown on the field more and an MVS less, and and I, I walked back a lot of that during this lead-up to the season because I heard all of the right things about Marquez really, like, becoming a better route runner, becoming more solid with his hands, and being more reliable and consistent like you talked about, and it just hasn't been there. I mean, yeah. there, there are things... He, He's having problems getting open. When he does get open, he's having, hard, he's having problems making the catches, um, I, you know, I just don't know. You you hope that all of a sudden he turns it around, but right now, from what we've seen, that that would be pretty difficult to to fathom. So, yeah. well, correct me if correct me if I'm wrong. It was the Falcons game where he like said like I see what it is that Devontae faces when he was getting like double coverage and all those kinds of things. But we've had enough weeks consecutively here where he should have had opportunity with Devontae out, with other receivers, just trying to figure out who's going to emerge, and it hasn't happened. So for me, other than that, you know, go route, you know, 
here and there where they may or may not connect. It's it's just becoming obvious that he's in a different kind of a situation um, than I think a lot of people were hoping that he would be uh, entering this place. But um, I know we have some other topics that we want to get to today. Uh, yeah, to I was just going to say that the obvious answer is just a trade for Will Fuller, right? And that's something we talked about. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that, Andrew. Um, I agree. Like, Will Fuller is a player that it sounds like the Packers are interested in at some level. What's so interesting is the Packers have a type when it comes to the draft, and we joke about, you know, they draft these big guys. They're all the same in in some ways. Um, It's easy to kind of pick out the guys that the Packers would be interested in, but they have a type, too, in free agency and in trade rumors because we talk about Robbie Anderson, we talk about Will Fuller, and it seems like MVS is the guy coming out of MVS here that would fill that role, and he's just not been able to do that. And they keep going back to the well saying, like, who can we bring in? Um, can we give up the draft capital and trade to fill this role with someone who's proven that they can be a reliable impact in that kind of a um, field-stretching kind of an impactful role? So uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, Will Fuller is an exciting name, right? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a it's got Twitter buzz right now. How do we, how do we feel about Will Fuller? Yeah, and there is a way that the Packers could just barely squeeze him under the salary cap, which you and I talked last week about the long-term implications of doing that because you don't get that rollover, and so that affects right. your ability to re-sign people. The other thing, and and full credit, I'm, I'm 100% stealing this from Ken Ingalls um, on Twitter, if the, the Packers just don't have a history of trading premium draft picks for rentals. And that's what Will Fuller is at this point. He's, his contract is up at the end of the year. What it's going to cost to re-sign him is going to impact your ability to sign the guys you want next offseason. And then one of the things that I started to think about from a free agent standpoint is you have Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander looming on the horizon. And that's something nobody's talking about. Those contracts are going to be crazy. And so that's something else that, you know, when we talk about GMs aren't thinking about this year's draft class. They're thinking about this year's draft class and the next draft class. GMs aren't thinking about this year's free agents. They're thinking about this year's free agents and the next two years free agents and how all of those things work together. So, yes, there's ways that the Packers can manufacture a cap room and they can probably get back a few of their own guys. But getting Will Fuller probably sacrifices part of that, right? Yeah, and and yeah. so I'm... The idea of having Will Fuller on this team <laughs> is so appealing. Just oh, yeah. crazy appealing. But then also I look and, you know, of course, you, you want to win the Super Bowl this year if you have that opportunity. So that, you know, if you're if you're going to trade a second round pick or whatever it's going to cost to win a Super Bowl, then that's great. But if it doesn't work out, like the 49ers trading for Emmanuel Sanders – what could you have had in that that place mm-hmm. um, when you give up the draft pick compensation? Maybe the Patriots are a better example because the 49ers ended up getting extra picks. But um, when when you sacrifice that draft capital and you don't have that pick, then when the draft comes around next year, you're like, what happened if you mm-hmm. don't win at all? Um, yeah. And, you know, there's there's more of a chance the Packers don't win the Super Bowl this year than they do, and they want to continue to build for the long term. So... I don't think it happens. However, if it did, I would be giddy. 
I, oh, I might yeah. buy a Will Fuller jersey, even <laughs> if I know he's only going to play like 12 games. What number does he wear if he comes to Green Bay? Let's just get crazy, like because he has to change. He can't 15. wear 15. He can't wear 15. So <laughs> yeah, that's a no no. He can't wear 14 either. Yeah. That's Don Hudson. He doesn't uh, feel like an 80s number guy, so I was trying so to fit him into I, the team. I'm, I'm trying to think the, who has the, the 10s. So you have Jordan Love at 10. Yep. Is 11 occupied? I believe it. Yeah. 11 would be pretty cool. Be nice. pretty yeah. cool. I don't yeah. remember what Will Fuller wore at college. I'd have to look that up. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, all the team numbers look slick on wide yeah, receivers. Yeah. I've always thought 15 was a weird number for a receiver. Yeah. Um, but Will Fuller pulls it off. So, forgive me live on this podcast. Is anybody wearing eighteen right now? I don't believe so. Got the Cobb. Do the Cobb. Uh, that's always hard maybe. when you go from like they're, you know, they're teammates right now. So right, maybe right. you know Randall would give him his blessing on the way out the right, door. Right. And it, it just, you people know, love this jersey com- jersey number conversation. I it bet. Is. I bet. I bet they're like, oh, this is fascinating. <laughs> they're like, keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm with you. Like, it, it's I'm trying to temper my expectations because I emotionally am checking Twitter way too often right now to see if it's happened. Um, but I also recognize, I mean, what you said is true. He is a rental. He's a half-season rental. So when people are talking about a second-round pick, like, I don't, I can't imagine Brian Gutekunst gives up a second-round pick for that kind of a rental, knowing that it's not likely that he's in the long-term plans of this team. If you can pry him for less than that because the Texans don't have a lot to play for, like, that's incredible. But, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, that's a, that's a tough sell to give up that much of a pick, especially when you're looking at so many players next year um, who have that, you know, Jalen Waddle. You know, you have, you have players that you're like, I want that guy on this team that you may be looking at um, having ha- – holding on to that pick may be able to put you in play for players like that if you, you know, move up or whatever, those kinds of things. But, yeah, we'll be – it'll be – there's a buzz around this. I feel like the Packers want to make a move. I don't know if it'll be Will Fuller, um, but clearly could be something that I think this team sees as a hole on the roster that could put them over the edge in what is looking like a long playoff run kind of season. So it will be interesting to see what happens in the next couple days. Yeah, so um, do you you want to address uh, the Mason Crosby injury news at all? Nope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Mason Crosby's uh, hurt. What's going on? Um, I mean, he's been so reliable. Like, I mean, the Packers have done their due diligence throughout the season to bring in other guys uh, to make sure that they have some plans. Um, but it sounds like the team has come out, and Sean Menenga has said, uh, we will either have Mason Crosby, we will have Nick Vogel, or we will have uh, Mr. Uh, Scott doing some, uh, some, some kicking duty, which is... Somewhat terrifying. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a precarious situation, right? Uh, what what are your thoughts on the kicking situation with uh, Mason Crosby looking uh, maybe you know questionable for this weekend? Yeah, I think Jacksonville had like five kickers in five games this year, or or something to that effect. It, I I think that so I don't know if the injury bug is going around with kickers in the NFL this season for for whatever reason. Mason's just been so reliable for so long and never really had an issue, you know, outside of, like, one hiccup for that, that game in Detroit. Um, and it it's hard to even think, like, what, what life is like 
you know, without Mason Crosby. But right. fortunately, this front office had a really good plan coming in. If Mason can't go, it sounds like Vogel should be all cleared and and ready to participate. Um, I have heard from people in the know. I think it was Aaron Nagler who had said that J.K. Scott has looked really good on kickoffs in the past. Yep, yep. Um, so at least you know that Dewey is handled. You're not going to give um, the Vikings a free chance on a, a kick return or something. Um you know, hopefully this is a game where if you end up having to go for two a bunch or, um, you know, you you go for it on a fourth down that normally you would have kicked like a medium range field goal because you don't necessarily trust your guys, that's okay because, again, right. hopefully the Packers have a, a significant lead in this game. So um, if he's going to miss one, hopefully it's just this game, but you never know with these, these kind of injuries and kickers, like they can linger for a while and... Um, it's it's been a pretty consistent environment for quite a while in Green Bay, so I'm terrified to think what it would be if it's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mason Crosby's super underappreciated just because he's never been a question. Like, he's just been Mr. Reliable. So we hope quick recovery for Mason. We hope you're out there on Sunday. Um, But if not, uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the Packers' plan is. Maybe we get a lot of those uh, two-point conversion attempts. That could be... That could be a little extra fun on Sunday. So um, we got one other topic here, I think. Yeah, yep, we're going to race through this because I know we've gone really long today. But I I just want to hear from you. One idea. On paper, it looks like the Packers are going to blow the Vikings out. What is the Vikings' path to victory, in your opinion? Like, what's one way that the Vikings, quote-unquote, shock the Packers? if there is such a thing in the NFL. Um, I mean, you raised a really good point earlier with the, um, if the Packers are not able to get pressure on this team. Um, I, I think that some blown plays could could keep the Vikings around a little bit longer in this game than maybe, you know, I'm, I don't want to bash on Josh Jackson before he gets out there and has a chance to play, but Justin Jefferson is a shifty, savvy route runner, and Josh Jackson is a little bit of a physical in your face, but then, a, in my opinion, maybe a little bit clunky in coverage. And that makes me a little bit nervous, uh, knowing how good Justin Jefferson was coming out as a prospect and, and what his strengths were. So um, you get free on a couple plays like that, and you put up some points. Um, we know the Packers' offense can score points. That's not going to be a problem, or it shouldn't be, against this defense. Um, but I, I can see a scenario where the Vikings just linger around a little bit um, if the Packers, due to injury and due to some of those guys being on the field, uh, give up some big plays. I think I think that we could see uh, the, the Vikings hang around a little bit in this longer than maybe people think. Yeah, and, and that, that was the route that I was going to go to. The safeties for Green Bay haven't necessarily been particularly safe this season. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not consistently, and so letting Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen get behind you in coverage is scary. I think letting Delvin Cook get loose is another uh, potential problem spot. And then, as always, turnovers are going to be a, a really big deal. Yeah, this Vikings defense is bad, but they still have Eric Kendricks. They still have a bunch of NFL players on their team, and so those kind of things can happen. And I have heard, though I haven't confirmed, um, I should have checked this before we came on, but I heard it's supposed to be an absolute gusty, windy day at Lambeau yeah, Field. And yep. so 
crazy things can happen, right? Especially yep. if you have an inconsistent kicking game. So yep. you, you never know. You you can't count NFL games as wins before they happen. It just doesn't nope. work. So nope. um, it hopefully we'll we'll see we'll see a very comfortable game on Sunday, but. Um, Certainly, you know, you still have to go out there and you still have to perform to your best of ability to, to pull it off. So um, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe or rate our podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And we're going to be staying up late next Thursday night to take in all the action of the Packers Week 9 Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. So make sure you tune in to next Friday's show. We'll be very tired, but we're going to get it done for you all. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.